The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. Hello everyone. This week on the show, we'll be quickly talking about the NBA offseason, which is coming through and going by in a hurry. After that, we'll dive into the Thad Young trade rumors, what it would take to get him here, how he would fit in, and if we like the idea of it or not. And then after that, we're going to give you our top 10 Suns moments of the season. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. Uh, we don't really have a shout-out for this week, so shout-out to everyone who's out there just doing their thing in the offseason. This is the lull of the NBA world. And luckily, we only have it for a month this year since we made the finals and we had Booker in the Olympics and all that. So shout out to everyone who's just getting through this offseason. That's right. With that, we're going to be going every other week up until the preseason starts is the idea, unless some breaking news hits us with a trade, something like that. We'll be back next week, but if not probably every other week until the preseason starts which is soon which is october 3rd so (laughs) for a month (laughs) right yeah let's let's get into that and just talk about it quick the the nba offseason uh training camp starts in man a couple weeks three weeks three weeks weeks. september 28th that's coming up so quick i can't believe that (laughs) being a finals team has a lot to do with the way we're feeling about that right now but i mean I'm not going to complain about it because the NBA in basketball, that's, that's the, that's my number one sport to go to. So I I love this shorter off season and I'm sure the players don't love it, especially Chris Paul, but yeah, training camp, September 28th, just three weeks away. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. We were talking about it before we started recording and we realized we better talk about this because it's really soon. You know who else doesn't love it is my wife, but she <laughs> likes watching the Suns with me. We have fun with it, but I was telling her, oh yeah, football season start ne- starts next week. And I just said, oh, are you excited? And she said, no, I don't mm-hmm. care, which I, I know she's, she, she likes kind of watching basketball. She likes going to the games especially, but she just does not like football and it's slow and now I'm like, oh, yeah, and the NBA comes back in October. Yep, that double-down period with NFL and NBA that's uh, – some of us love it. Some of us, uh, like our wives, might not be a huge fan. <laughs> you know, Nat, I will uh, I will say, Natalie, the, the, she likes watching the Suns more than the Dolphins with me. Mm-hmm. But the 82-game grind 
gets to her a little bit, she doesn't want to watch all 82. Right, right. So the the football, I don't know. I'm I got to say I'm pretty lucky with that. I don't get much much in the complaint department there. Yeah. I'm a lucky well, guy. And I, I'm lucky too. I mean, she doesn't complain one bit. I just know it's not her favorite thing. And when it when it changes your schedule around a little bit, I think mm-hmm. that's what really gets her. She says, "Oh, we should go do this," and I'm like, "Oh, well, the Broncos are playing." I haven't missed a game in a decade, so it's, yeah. Uh, okay, it's been 15 years. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, almost two decades. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> Thanksgiving. Will be the 15 year anniversary. Wow. <laughs> wow! 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 It's a lot easier with football, though. I mean, they play as many games as basketball plays in a month. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Yeah. Anyways, training camp September 28th. Preseason starts on October 3rd. Uh, first Suns preseason game. I haven't even looked this up yet. Yeah. We play on the fourth. We play the Kings in Sacramento mm-hmm. on the fourth. That'll be seven o'clock local time. Mm-hmm. So back at that's, it. that's not too far away, and the Suns are back on the court. Right. That is less than one month. Uh, oh man, it's so crazy. And yeah. the, the good thing is, I guess. With this short off season, we're not bringing in a ton of new guys who are going to be playing a ton of minutes. Right. I mean, Peyton, Shamit, then McGee. McGee. Th- those are probably the only, well, currently the only new guys that are that need to get worked into the system. And right, but they're all veterans. It's not like they're young guys. They know what they're doing. Very true. That's a that's a good feeling to have. New new pieces coming in who you. You know, I feel like we can rely on all those guys. Alfred yeah. Payton being our, what, fifth guard off the bench? Right. That's Who a has good situation played, to be Right. In. He's been in Phoenix before, not under this current system, but he's been here before. And Landry Shamit has played for Monty before. Right. So it, it's going to be, I think, a very smooth transition. Totally. And then the regular season, October 19th. So that's a a month and a week, or a month and a couple weeks away. So, yeah. Oh boy, I'm I'm hyped up and I, I'm excited for the podcast too. Being a yes, you know that that weekly content, a few games to talk about, it, it just makes it so much easier, which makes it more fun. I'd say. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I, I, I just love I just love two three games a week that we can talk yeah. about. We can break down exactly what we saw from. Every single player who gets minutes, I, I just enjoy doing that. Yeah, and it's nice to get in a groove. And last year, you know, going from the season shut down, having no idea what to do or talk about, you know, <laughs> yeah. to back to a, a more regular kind of season. Uh, and then getting into that groove that – we like so much of every week having some stuff to talk about. We really gotten that. So this off season is really weird, but I'm really excited about something. I'm seeing a lot about single game tickets available. So it's really nice to have more certainty about how that's going to work, about being able to be in the building and go to games. And uh, I just remember last year it was like, Oh, I really hope I can get to one game. You know, right. and we ended up yeah. going to a few with the playoffs, but now it's like, it's way easier. And I, I don't know what teams are doing. 
I know some states are requiring vaccination for um, like players for everyone, basically. Um, I'm going to a couple concerts in October, though, and they are requiring um, like proof of vaccination. And you mm-hmm. can go on. I got these emails this past week. You can go onto this website and upload your vaccination card, and then they create like a little profile, and you can just like pull up a QR code that they scan, mm. and so you don't have to bring your card with you. So I don't know if the NBA will do anything along those lines. I'm sure there's yeah, just state to state. I'm sure it depends on where you are, and I yeah, I wonder what ours will end up being, but. Yeah, and just another thing on this note, I'm excited to go back into the arena and do a little exploring because yeah. when when we were there for playoff games, you're not leaving your seat to uh, right. go mess around during a timeout or after the quarter. Well, I didn't at least. I didn't move. No, so no. yeah, it looked so cool in there from what I saw though. So that'd be oh, that'll be a priority this season. Yeah, it'll be nice to just have it be easier to get into the games oh yeah all right thad young this has been the the main talk of the off season i'd say for the majority of the off season and we're just gonna revisit this visit this again um but let's just start off with this thad young is making 14.1 million dollars this year he's with the spurs after being traded there from the bulls this off season so, to get that 14.1, that pretty much means that Jalen Smith, who we've seen tied to this the entire time, he'll have to be part of that. And then the other, if we were going to send one more guy, it'd have to be Crowder or Sarich to make the money work. Yeah. Dude, let's just start off with that. Is that worth it? Dario, who might not play for the entire season, and Jalen Smith, who we drafted 10th overall just a, a year ago, is that worth what Thad Young is able to do at this point of his career? I say yes, because it's literally a second-year guy who played zero meaningful minutes last year and a guy who will not play, most likely won't play at all for the whole season. I just don't think the Spurs are going to do that. Do you think picks have to be involved? Do we have to send yeah, more? Yeah, there might be. There That's might where be. I definitely bow out. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to mess with the future too much, especially the distant, distant future. I mean, our pick next year, I don't know how much value that really has at this point. Right, right. But uh, it just it hurts me to think about giving up things past when Chris Paul is going to be playing uh at the level he is right now i don't want to do anything to jeopardize that and that's where jalen smith does fall in i think he has just a ton of great tools that that are going to be great in the nba but i think he's still a couple years away uh a couple years away from being a couple years away whatever you want to say there but could he have minimal impact on a roster this year yeah but I could argue that we're not even going to need to have him play this year if we don't make this trade. Yeah, I mean, it'd be more of a depth thing. Guys get hurt. Hopefully nothing serious, but guys will get nicked up, banged up here and there. 
And you want to be prepared for that. And we really saw it in the playoffs where teams went big against us and we struggled, whether that was foul trouble or a little injury here or there. So this would definitely be a depth move. And right now, right this second, I would rather have Thad Young sitting on that spot on the bench over Jalen Smith. Now, two, three years from now, I'd probably say the opposite. But we're trying to win right now. We are in win a championship or bust mode right now. I feel you. And, yeah, that's the one the one thing where I can go back on and say, Thad Young does help this team no matter what way you look at it During if you make this trade. The, the future is where I get held up on that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, he's he's six foot eight. He played a little bit of small ball center for the Bulls last year. <clears throat> Maybe that's something that we see happen. Uh, when Aiden's not playing. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. <coughs> Just leave, leave a pause here. That's fine. When Aiton's not on the court, there, there's those minutes for McGee there. But if we do want to go small, be able to maybe stretch the court out a little bit, yeah, you can throw Thad Young in there. But does he even stretch the floor? He only shoots one three-pointer per game, or Ooh. did for the Bulls, less than one. So that's not where it is either. So you got to assume that most of his minutes are going to come at the power forward. So this is how I can back that up. If we want to do that, that just means that we can maybe throw Cam Johnson, slide him back to his more natural small forward position, which then would probably bump Nader out of the rotation altogether. Unless he beats right. Shaman out for backup shooting guard minutes, but I don't really see that happening. No, no, I don't either. And So yeah. then let's just look at the minutes, though, overall. Dario averaged 17 minutes per game last year, and that was including how many minutes at backup center? We saw him play a ton right. of backup center, and now McGee's there to take those minutes. Right, right. So we'll say, I, I don't know. There's just not a ton of minutes going around at the four or five. Crowder played 27 and a half. Johnson played 24. Yeah. I, I actually like that distribution, too, between Crowder and Johnson. Because I don't want Cam Johnson getting less minutes. I don't either. And I'd love to see a situation where he can play more of the three. Because yeah. he does get bullied at the four in, in a lot of situations. That's true. So I, I kind of like the idea of having two guys in the lineup who are, you know, can handle their own down low a little bit better than Johnson. And yeah, yes. that's where if Thad comes in, you could you could have a backup forward and center rotation of Cam Johnson, Thad Young, JaVale McGee. And that's pretty solid. I like that. I do like the sound of that. Yeah. And as much as I love Abdel Nader, Thad Young is better. You know, I mean, we talked about having to put Nader even at the four at times, the last yeah. time we recorded. And I really don't like that idea. I would much rather see Thad Young there. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. But I'm still I'm still on the Jalen Smith train, j just a little yeah. bit. 
we saw some pretty decent things out of him in uh, the summer league. I yeah. think he was he was the best rebounder in Vegas and the most mm-hmm. per game. He mm-hmm. stretched the court nicely. Uh, he shot a better clip than three from three than I think a lot of us expected to see. So we we got to see him kind of do the things that we need him to do with the pro team with the team during the regular season. Yeah, and, and he and can kind of like it. He can, shoot. Yeah. he can shoot, and then. I mean, he's two inches taller than Thad. He's yeah. more athletic, maybe not as strong, but can definitely get up and down the court a little faster, probably more agile. Yeah. As a defender, I might lean Jalen Smith. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's maybe tough. Not. He's young and inexperienced. Yeah. That's the difference, which, yeah, is great when we look down the road and – yeah, Jalen Smith just has a lot to learn. I mean, he, yes, more athletic, longer, taller, all of that. But, I mean, in the minutes he did play, he was completely lost on defense. Even in summer league, he was lost on defense at times. That that may be true. Yeah, there's a little ways to go. And, yeah, you'll see some great blocked shots. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, you can see that there's just a a little bit of a delay there that will probably come along at some point. Right, and I'm not, like, super down on Jalen Smith or anything. Like, I want him to succeed, and I think if he still is on the roster, he'll be able to get a little bit of playing time. And it wouldn't be the worst if we don't make this trade and we stick with Jalen Smith. I'm not trying to be a downer on the guy, but... I mean, trading for Thad Young would be an absolute win-now move. I think so, too. But my argument here would be, can we get by playing him very minimum spot minutes in the regular season when necessary if we can keep throwing Crowder and Johnson at the four spot? Mm. Can we get by with spot minutes out of him? And then if we're able to do that... I'm, I'll, I'm going to stop right here. This is sorry. It's okay. Do you think Thad Young deserves more minutes than Crowder and Johnson at power forward? If if that were the Ooh. rotation, those three guys at power forward, would you want to see Thad Young getting any of those minutes? I mean, probably not. See, this is this is another. This is like a stick in the mud here. I, I don't know how yeah. I can. It's hard to say. It's hard. I think the way I look at it is I would rather have Thad Young sitting on our bench than Jalen Smith. Would you rather have Thad Young on our bench for this year or Jalen Smith and Dario Saric on our bench next year? Mm. With the whole gang coming back, we, we haven't heard a word about Aiton and Bridges extensions, but you yeah. got to assume those are coming. Yeah, they got to be. Oh, that's a tough question. Well, it, yeah, it's only going to be one year of Thad Young, probably. Oh, man. Well, because it's, it's so hard because there's so much uncertainty. We have no idea what Dario is going to look like coming back from this injury. Right. Not faster. Definitely not faster. But we don't necessarily need him to be. Oh, man, that's a really, really tough... I don't know. I don't think I can even answer it. I have no idea. 
I'm saying let's stick with what we got. I, I like the moves we made this offseason. I think we we add one more guy. I think we have room for one more guy. Yeah. We have a little money kicking around. I think we can still sign one more guy to round out the roster, and I think we're going to be good. And I, it, it just seems so crazy to draft a dude, Jalen Smith, number 10, when no one else thought he'd be going number 10. And then go and trade him so shortly after. It just that's seems true. like a weird move. Yeah, I don't like that either. I that's not my thing. That's such just, it's such a waste. Yeah. And that maybe can't be something that you factor in as a GM. You can't be thinking like, oh, I if I trade him, I just completely wasted that. Because you gotta be constantly moving forward. Maybe yeah. maybe it is time to pull the plug on him. I don't know. How many guys drafted after him would we rather have on the team? Yeah, I mean, probably. A handful, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to be different, I'll say yes, let's do it. We'll end that there. Yes. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Sonny and Pod. What do you want to do with this Thad Young trade situation? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to know, because I can obviously be swayed, because <laughs> I really, I don't really have a strong opinion on this. I will give you $1. To say right. that we should not trade for him. Okay, let's not trade for him. <laughs> but with, incoming. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to do a little top 10 moments of the 2020-21 season. Since we're not recording as frequently during this offseason, we're going to pack a little more into this. So, top 10 moments of the 2020-21 season. Uh, we have two lists, and we have not seen each other's lists, so we're probably going to have some overlap. But we've got 10 down through one in order. I'm thinking we start at 10 and go up to one. And we can just go back and forth here and see where we overlap and kind of talk about what happened over this past season. So what do you have at 10? So this is my least favorite favorite moment, correct? Okay. Let me me, uh, take a little zip through here. Okay. Mine would be in the playoffs when we were just seeing DeAndre Ayton's name next to guys like Wilt and Kareem and Bill Russell. Yeah. Something about that was just so satisfying. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe the patience that we had with him all started paying off right there is kind of how it felt like this is what a number one pick is supposed to do. And we saw that happen in the playoffs. And just every time I saw his name up there next to the all-time legends at center doing yeah. these crazy things in the playoffs, th- that was just one thing that stuck out to me. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I definitely like that, too. Uh, at 10, I had the season actually starting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we weren't sure. We, I'm, I was thinking back just kind of on, okay, what happened this past season? And we did not know what was going to happen. <laughs> so the season actually started. And yeah, I I had to put that on the list. Yeah, that, that's very true. I mean, as a sports fan in my entire life, having that uncertainty when it comes to the start of a league that wasn't a, a part of a lockout. I've, I've seen a few lockouts across the leagues yeah. in my day, but but this was just something so different and when they came back and things tipped off and 
you're watching, I don't know, and the regular season drags on and everything's going more or less okay. Yeah, that that was nice. Seeing the the season tip was uh, very great. Oh, yeah. All right, nine. What do you have at nine? All right, I'll stick with Aiton. And there was a game in the finals, one of our wins. Uh, he went for 22 and 19. Oh, and that, yeah. that was just another one of those moments where I was like, okay, here he is. This is our guy. So yeah. I'll just yeah. stick with eight there, too. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, at nine, I had it going to a regular season game. I only went to one. And it was a it was our worst loss of the season. Our second our, our worst loss was on the road at Atlanta. But was our second Spurs? Worst, Yeah, it was at Spurs. Oh, I remember that. And it was like I think it was late April or early May. And it was one of the first games that you could go back and we're like, let's do it. Because we had been vaccinated for a few months at that point. So we we're like, let's go. And oh. we were excited and we we're like, the Spurs aren't very good this year and we're really good. And we just laid an egg. It was awful. <laughs> I, I don't think they even played their studs. I think they sat no. out a couple guys and Oh, like just... everyone. Yeah, they sat everyone. DeRozan didn't play, and I don't think Pearl played. And yeah, it was really bad, but we got to see the new arena. It was cool to just be back there. So yeah, that that's nine for me. All, All right. right. Eight. What do you have at eight? Yeah. Eight. The CP three trade. When, when that first came through, that was a, a feeling of hope that I hadn't had for quite a while. And I mean, yeah, I love Devin Booker. I've been saying these things about DeAndre Ayton too, but when you get a guy like Chris Paul on the squad and didn't have to give up an arm and a leg, I mean, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio in a first, I'd do that <laughs> in a heartbeat yes. anytime to get Chris yes. Paul here. And it, it obviously paid off. So the moment that went through, we all knew this would be a little bit different this year. Yeah. Um. So I didn't put that because... I looked at that still as off season. I know it technically wasn't true, true, but that would it would for sure be on there. Um, but yeah, of course. I mean, that was the tides turned at that moment. Um, for eight, I put we kind of like we touched on earlier, just doing the podcast during a winning season. <laughs> um, it was the first time we've done that. We've been doing this for like. If you include the writing that we did the first season we did this, it's like six years. Wow. And this was our first winning season. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's eight for me. <laughs> that is a good one. That yeah, is a very good one. Okay. All right, I got seven. Hmm. Okay, there was a game in the regular season where we went to overtime against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we went on a 20 to four run in overtime. And I've never seen our team run someone out of the gym quite like that. And then after 48 minutes of basketball already, that was just some dominance. Chris Paul, 23 and 16. Uh, Booker had 31. This is the game where Cam Johnson had the reverse dunk on Jared Allen. That's right. That's right. And then Bridges had 22 on four for six from three. And I feel like they were almost all in overtime. He he had quite I a few that. in that overtime period. That was a fun game. A- after yeah. the disappointment of letting the Cavs take you to overtime and then 
the Suns reminding the Cavs and everybody else that we're a pretty good team and just stomping them. When was this game? Do you remember? February. February. Okay. Because I remember I listened to this on the radio. And I can't remember why. I think it was probably because it's one of those Eastern time away games that yeah. start really early and I yeah. work pretty late. I So I listened to part of it. I think I listened to overtime on the radio. And it was pretty cool to hear Al McCoy get real excited about that. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to that. And then I went back and watched all the highlights. But yeah, I do remember that. Um, for seven, I have... Okay, this is kind of cheating, but I'm gonna I'm gonna combine a bunch of things for this, <laughs> and get ready because I'm gonna do this kind of for the rest of these. Seven, I have Devin Booker, kind of, and the Suns just gaining the league's respect, and taking over as like the top team in Arizona again, and seeing like all the murals go up and people getting excited about the Suns again, but people realizing like, oh, Devin Booker's like actually really good. And DeAndre Ayton is good. And Chris Paul still has it. And Mikhail Bridges is amazing. And Jay Crowder, wherever he goes, he just wins. You know, like just yeah. to gain that respect and for people to finally see from Booker what we've been seeing for all these years. That yeah. was sweet. And it's easier to tell people that you host the Suns podcast when they're that good, too. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. No, it's it's funny. Like it used to be like, oh man, you host the Suns podcast? That must be terrible. Yeah. And this season, like, yeah, I'm telling everybody. I remember when I was in grad school, I would tell my friends about the podcast or whatever, or they'd like try to make fun of me and be like, Wow, the Suns are terrible. And I'm like, I know. Like I know very well how bad they are. And then I'd have to, you know, it's like, well, they're, they're kind of trying to be bad. Like, you're not upsetting me by saying that, you know. Yeah. But, you know, the, the average person who doesn't follow basketball doesn't quite know that. It, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, yeah, this was nice because everyone was talking about them. And they'd say, oh, I bet you're really happy. And I'd be like, um, yes, very, very, very happy about this. All right. So, six. What do you have for six? Six. I have the Cam Johnson dunk on P.J. Tucker in the oh, finals. Despite it coming yeah. in a loss, it was still, oh, that was uh, one for the posters. It was an amazing dunk. I yeah. think, yeah, we were watching this at your house. We and were. I actually right. jumped out of the couch and ran a lap around yeah. your house. That's right. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Oh, man, yeah. that's That's one of the greatest Suns dunks ever. I saw it must have been Gambo or one of the radio stations or something on Twitter did a poll on like what of these three dunks, which was the best. And it was that one. And then the Amari one against Golden State. And then one other one. I can't remember. And Cam Johnson over PJ was like it won like 75 percent of people or something like that said it was hmm. the Cam Johnson dunk. I was like, all right, all right. Recency bias here. But nonetheless, great dunk. It was amazing. Um, For six, I have our amazing win streak slash win percentage in the year 2021. Oh. And I remember I we went on our honeymoon right around New Year's 
it was like that first second week of January and there were only like two games during that time that we were gone and they were both bad losses. They were pretty, it was pretty awful. And I was like, Oh, we don't need to watch this game. We're on our honeymoon, whatever. And, uh, after that, we barely lost it all. And we had the best record in the whole year of 2021 and yeah, we just tore it up and it was some of the most fun basketball I've ever watched. Right. I remember the first time that that stat had come out showing like the sun's record since the bubble or since how many games into the regular season. Yeah. I was just shocked. I didn't know we were playing that well and, yeah, we all thought it was gonna. We all thought something would be carrying over into this last season, but man, yeah, the just winning so many games, it felt. It honestly felt weird. Yes, it did. And I, now I don't I'm know expecting... a better right. And yeah, this season we're gonna win fifty-five games, right? Uh, we better sixty. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why not? All right, and now into the top half. What do you have at five? Okay, Devin Booker, eight three-pointers made against the Lakers in that oh, series. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. we, saw him, we saw him crack the, what was it, he couldn't get over four three-pointers in a game, or what was it, four? Four or five, something like that. Right, and then we saw him do that a few times in the playoffs, but uh-huh. uh, just the way he stepped up against the Lakers was uh, fantastic, seeing him do that in L.A., I'm not sure if this game came in LA, but man, he just uh, yeah, he had the Lakers number in that series, and it was beautiful. Yes, that was great. Um, at number five, I have beating the Nuggets 4-0. Um, I it was just like a little unexpected. I mean, I knew we, they didn't have Jamal Murray. I knew our chances were good, but to sweep them. That was just really very exciting. And I think it is a little bit underplayed. Because even with Jamal Murray hurt, it's hard to sweep a team in the playoffs, especially in the second round of the playoffs. So I'll put this one there. Uh, I remember watching one of these games at a restaurant because it was my wife's birthday. And I remember like not really even needing to pay that close attention because we were just beating them so easily. And it yeah. wasn't close. I remember just, like, I had it on my phone, but, like, I'd just kind of glance here and there. And, yeah, it was fine. Uh, that's actually mine, too. The the Suns in four pandemonium. I yes. mean, everything that had been happening that entire series was just wild. Yes. And uh, being on the winning end of things like that, something we're not really used to and uh yeah I, that was a that was such a fun one because after the lakers that was a stressful one i know me personally i said if we just beat the lakers i don't care what happens after this i remember yeah i said the same thing yeah right and then going in there with the sweep who yeah i don't know the- if anyone really saw that coming I think a lot of us were like, hey, I bet we can do this in five or six, but the sweep. Yeah. I think we both said Suns in five. Yeah. But yeah, we got the sweep. All right. So is that what you had for four then? Um, 
Oh, I might have added in an extra one. That's okay. Okay, fine. What do you have at four? It's okay. Okay, number four was just the playoff berth in general. Oh, the playoff berth. Yeah, yeah. It, it had been at least a decade since our last one, and that that was a long time. And like, I was in high school the last time the Suns had been there. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't watch extremely closely, but but then the. Like since we've been doing this podcast and the couple years before that is when I really dove deep into the Suns and just waiting for that. Well, whatever random game that was in the regular season when we locked that in. Yes, that that was a nice feeling to have finally. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm kind of like one step ahead of that for the for my fourth spot. And that's just the Lakers series beating the Lakers, the the salsa dancing, them mocking us, or, well, I guess it was more us mocking them toward the end, but them kind of playing around with us and us mocking them. And yeah. And then getting to go to playoff games, that right. was sweet. And getting to meet Alvin Adams at the oh, that was game cool. we went to. Yeah. So I'm kind of grouping that all together in just an amazing moment. And, you know, we didn't know if that would be it and everyone had kind of written us off. And even after we had won a couple games, everyone said, yeah, the Lakers still got this. They're, they're probably going to the finals and no, like we proved people wrong. And that was a great series. And I remember winning the first game against the Lakers and just how happy I was. And I almost was like in disbelief, like, wow, we won. Like we actually kind of, easily won and they say oh lebron feel out game but that wasn't like he was on his heels the whole time oh yeah we when we came to play like that right away that was uh it was so reassuring oh yeah like okay we're we're in this this isn't a fluke we're gonna we're gonna be playing playoff basketball that's right that's right and this was that was actually my number two was the okay um after the saltiest that i've ever been as a professional basketball fan the LeBron backing down, and then who do we got? Drummond. Yeah. Uh, with the acting on the side and everybody jumping around and dancing. And then after that, just taking the series over. That was one of the most, the sweetest moments as a fan. First oh, saltiest, yeah. then sweetest. Yeah. That's that's the just the perfect combination there. That's and, right. Oh, that series, and then being able to go see a win too. Um, the first we saw we were at game two, and that was a loss, correct? Right. Yep. And then and we then were at game, game five, five, which is where the tide turned. Right. Yeah, because oh, I remember we so were much. like, well, I remember because it was, it must have been two two. So it wasn't an elimination game. Right. And I remember we were like, oh, do we like if this is an elimination game, potentially like I don't I don't know if it's a good idea to go. (laughs) But it was two two. And we're like, well, worst case scenario, we lose. It's three two. It's fine. You know, and oh, man, to go to game five, because that's where we just blew him out. And LeBron left the bench early. And yeah, that was so sweet. Oh, that. (laughs) I sat next to a Lakers fan who did not have a good time in yeah. that game. Oh, that was a uh, that was fun. It was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number three. What do you have at number three? Okay, number three was eliminating the Clippers 
after all the Patrick Beverly garbage. Yep. Yep. After push off P. Yep. All all the insane things that he got away with. Uh, you know, eliminating a second Los Angeles team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All those things just uh came all together and that that was a sweet one. Not yep. quite as sweet as the Lakers elimination, but mm-hmm. it was up there. That was my number three as well. And so we, we swapped them. Yeah. That's, kind that's, of, kind of. that's where we knew we were going to win, like going to go to the finals, win yep. the West. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Okay. So we both have beaten the Clippers at three. And then two, you have, what did you have at two? The Lakers. Elimination. The Lakers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I see. I had just the finals in general and the value at two. I guess the value at the top spot. So. Okay, you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we can talk about that because going to the finals is awesome. Obviously, the result isn't what we wanted. The first two games were really great. Yeah. And the value, 0.9 seconds, drawing up the trick play, Aiden putting it down. I On mean, my birthday. That's oh my gosh, that's right. That yeah, was I, I'll never forget that for my entire life. The, the yeah. value of happened on my birthday. Yeah, I mean, man, man, that was so cool. That, it doesn't get better than that. No, like when I said that when we were watching the game together and the big Cam Johnson dunk, I jumped out of the couch and ran around the house a little bit. Yeah, it was very. It was that times about thirty-five. When the value was successful. Yeah. We yeah. went nuts. I'm pretty sure I opened the door and ran out back and other people were screaming <laughs> like in the neighborhood. Yeah. That that was just uh Yeah. By we, far the, the most special single moment of the season. It has to be that. Uh, yeah. If we're talking of a play. Yes, one play absolutely. in the season, that was the one. That's the one. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. And then number one for me is going to the airport after beating the Clippers and welcoming the team back. I mean, that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. Just being there and seeing the players come holding the Western Conference Champions trophy and just being in. I totally underestimated how many people were there. I think on the pod I said like 3,000. It was way more than that. Like, I'm sure it was 10,000 or, or more than that, you know? Man. It was such an awesome moment. And I just remember, you know, we had won, and we're really excited, and we're, we're hyped, and we heard some yelling definitely in our neighborhood, too. And we were like, what do we do? And I saw something on Twitter that was like, here's where you go for the airport, but it's pretty vague. And we got there and drove around and drove around and couldn't figure out where to go. And we're like, well, all right, I guess we're not going to figure this out. And then all of a sudden Denise pulled up something that was like, wait, I think I found it. And so we put the address in the GPS and we figured it out. And yeah, I mean, you've heard me tell the story in full on the pod before, so I won't go into every detail, but it was the coolest thing. It was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my whole life. I I like how it, it feels like a small town celebration. The team just won and got back on the bus. But you know, Phoenix is a metropolis. 
It's yeah. huge. And then you, there's so many people who are just wait, who have been waiting to get behind something like this for so just such a long time. Yes. And we've had a couple little tastes with the Cardinals, the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks, what, 20 years ago. Yeah. People have been waiting for this and an opportunity, you know, to go show up and maybe be the most direct way that you'll ever be able to, like, thank the guys for the great season that you just watched every 72 game, every single one of them, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just cool. It's It's a cool situation. I don't know how often that happens elsewhere i don't know like everybody has their parades and everything but mm-hmm. just pretty uh you know it, it's it's a heartfelt thing and i hope that the players you know feel the same way i hope that was uh one of their top moments from the season too oh yeah yeah i would think so i mean they seemed pretty stoked about campaign it. campaign was stoked oh yeah I know Aiden was having a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, Aiden too. and Campaign were definitely the two. Just They were hamming it up a little bit. Frank, Frank had some fun, too. Oh, Frank chugged the beer and whipped <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, it was great. All right, well, with that, let's, uh, let's move to the non-sports section here. So I got this idea uh, from Jake... Jake Hurwitz and Amir Blumenfeld's podcast, If I Were You. They do an uh, unsolicited advice segment. And I thought, let's just do that. What unsolicited advice do you have for people? Uh, okay. Um, keep a garbage bag under the garbage bag oh, in your garbage can. That's a great idea. It, does, it doesn't even, you don't have to put it on the floor of it. So if something breaks through, it, it ruins it. You can just stick it on the side and then wrap the bag over it and it'll just be perfect there. That's a great idea. Yep. We could have used that last night. That is a great idea. You'll do it now. I will. That's right. That's perfect. Um, I was going to do something a little bit more, but what I think with that, that's good. I'm going to do something simple. Simple. Take vitamins. Ooh. I've been, I started taking vitamin C, a little zinc, and a little, just a little bit of vitamin D3. And you feel just a little bit better. Last time I took a vitamin, it turned my pee green, and it almost made me pass out, dude. <laughs> well, I take mean, the right vitamin. Like Natalie, what are you giving me here? This is—is is this for horses? Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, I get yeah. Take the right vitamins. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say. I need like a Flintstone gummy or something. <laughs> apparently, man. Yeah. Oh, and this was wasn't like the what like Centrum or something. It wasn't yeah. one of those. It was some. I don't know what she's getting into. I should maybe uh, <laughs> read that label or something. Yeah, I don't do anything fancy. Just those three things and, yeah, keep it simple. But it's it's nice to get a little bit of that, especially as I'm getting older. I'm like, yeah, I should probably be taking this stuff. Yeah, why not? Yeah, take <laughs> some vitamins. All right. I, I don't know. I kept pretty basic on these. I don't know how in-depth you were going. No, it's but... usually pretty simple. Like that. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know I've told you this one before. We may have even talked about it on the podcast before. Oh, but know. close your tabs on oh. your browser. Oh, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> and you're, you're a Mac dude, so. Yeah. Um, but if you're using Google Chrome, that will murder your computer. If you okay. have a bunch of tabs open, and I know it's handy. Like, I know it's handy to have all those tabs open and you you never have to 
type in a web address again. But if you, I don't know, I I keep no more than five open, and that's even oh. probably too many. So no. you're not uh, you're not saving yourself all that much time if you no. have to click a bookmark or even Google a term. And uh, I mean that doesn't take that long. You can save your uh, your computer from overheating a little bit or giving it a little bit of memory juice back mm. if you just uh, close about fifty of those tabs. Yeah. My tabs have become my to-do list, basically. It's how I remember stuff. Ah. Like, okay, why is this tab open? Oh, yeah, I got to send this email. Or, oh, I got it. Especially at work. I'm horrific about it at work. But it I, it basically is a to-do list where I do close out of it once I've done whatever that thing is. So by then, your tabs are pretty much just the icons of the... Well, it doesn't get So that. do you have to hover over it? No, it's not. Well, I've seen your I've seen your browser before and it looks <laughs> like there was at least 20. It, I've gotten better since then. Okay. okay. It, at work, I am also pretty on top of my stuff at work. Like I have systems, I'm very organized at work. And that I'll have maybe 8 open at a time. And I have oh. maybe 3 3 or 4 that are just always going to be open because I use them constantly. Like my email, my schedule. I have a couple spreadsheet, like shared spreadsheet stuff that I, that I always have open. But other than that, it's like, okay, this is my to-do list for the day. Basically. If you're keeping it to single digits, I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, sometimes it gets bad, but whatever. Um, my, okay. My other thing then that I was going to say is, uh, Go to other places in your state. Because uh, I very rarely get out of Phoenix nowadays. But we went on a little day trip to Tucson over the weekend. And it was really nice. And I'm like, why don't we do this more often? So go places within your state. That's my other unsolicited advice. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, I gave you a little crap for heading south during the summer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm more of a Flagstaff guy in the summer, but yeah, yeah, there's a, and there's more than just those two places, and I'm yeah, kind of guilty about this myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I honestly can't say I've hit a, hit many of the other towns that you know outside of the valley. I, yeah. I haven't done a ton. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I've never even been to the Grand Canyon. Like, I know I need to. Ever? Ever. Never. Oh. Never. I know. Dude. So, I know I need to do that. And you just went to Tucson. <laughs> I, well, we were going to do went... the Grand Canyon. Let me tell you, though, Labor Day weekend, everything over there yeah, is like that's... booked and expensive. And that's true. During that's the summer. We, we were talking about maybe doing that more of like a winter thing. Huh. There's going to be snow. Right. That was part of the reason. You, are you into that? You, you, yeah, you I, miss it? I, I haven't seen snow in probably three years or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you don't leave for Christmas anymore. No, you're just, you're both just a sides desert guy now. Here. Yeah. Man. Maybe it's been two. No, no, this Christmas. Because I went back, I think it must have been 2017. That I went back last for Christmas. But yeah, now Man. my family's down here. So yeah. 
Yeah, you're due for a little snow then. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yep. On right. here? Yeah, well, right. I got follow one. us on Twitter. Oh you, got, oh, you got another one. Okay, yeah, go ahead. And I ki- It's something I kick myself about. Learn some sort of handyman skill when oh, you're young. That's a good one. Because it's it's tough to learn things as you get older. Um, it's tougher to learn things. It's not when you got that young brain, it just it just soaks everything in. But uh, going down the line, like I've had to teach myself how to do so many things, and rarely good. It's normally <laughs> a pretty poor job, yeah. but I get by. And just thinking, like um, when I was in South Dakota. We were framing up a building that my father-in-law is putting in. And the guy that he had helping him had his two nephews there. And they were like mm, 12 and 10 or something like that. Maybe a little younger. And those dudes, I'm pretty sure they could have framed up that entire house um, or that entire shop by themselves. Wow. And I, I was just like shocked seeing them just get after it like that i was like man they're they're handier than i am no doubt yeah so uh, yeah when you're when you're young learn something like that it'll come in handy more times than you'll believe and especially like as you become a homeowner mitch yes. has had a little taste of this recently yeah. i mean Change there's always ages. something there's yeah. always something so we're trying to seal our doors a little better because ah. you know when it's hot these bugs are trying to get yeah. cool too yeah and yeah, we're trying to seal our doors. And we were going to go to Home Depot or something today, and we were like, where do we even start? We don't even know. So we got to figure that out first. Uh, YouTube, brother. I know. That's how, that's how I've learned everything that I've somewhat learned. Yes. I'll do one more then. I'll just off the top of the dome to end it. Uh, get off Twitter. That's my last unsolicited advice. Nice. Um, I was using it a ton even not that long ago, but I've really slowed down on using Twitter, especially like my personal Twitter. I hardly ever use it at this point. And like your life is just better with less Twitter. You know what? Let's get into this. The only time I've thought about doing this, but I just never have. Like I want to create a a burner account. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I maybe like to interact with all the craziness that goes on <laughs> on Twitter. I yeah. don't want my name connected to that. Like, if yeah. I'm going to say something a little wild, yeah. I don't know. But, but then that's the thing. The majority of Twitter is that. It's yes. people behind keyboards who can say whatever they want. That's right. I don't know. Some of us, uh, you know, don't want to go too wild and then don't want to be called out by some wild man on Twitter who has your name. Right. You know? exactly. It's just the whole thing. And it's something that like, I don't know. I, I grew up, I was in college when Facebook came out. So I've, I've seen all this crap more or less MySpace yeah. back before that. Mm-hmm. That caused so many issues oh, like, man. when I was in school and oh. I didn't have it. Cause I was like, I don't need this right now. Wow. But I remember we would have to get sat down by our teachers in school and say, you guys got to quit do it, talking behind each other's backs. And I remember one thing that happened is some kids in my class created a MySpace for someone else. And then they yeah. were like talking as him. And it was really bad. And I'm like, that's dangerous. So 
it's it's just not like helpful and like sure there's funny stuff but like you can find funny stuff other places like you don't need to be on twitter all the time but follow us on twitter at sunny and <laughs> let us know your unsolicited advice and i do use that i of the podcast twitter i actually do use the most <laughs> those of you who follow us know i don't use it a ton Regular season, definitely more. But, like, yeah. Still, follow us, though. We, if you say hi, I'll still say hi. I still have notifications on. Well, if anyone was ever curious about why we don't have much of a social media presence, I think we pretty much yeah, just laid it all out lie. right there. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Well, yeah, we thank you guys for tuning in likely taking this week off unless some breaking news happens and if there is some breaking news we'll definitely be here next weekend with an episode to come out on monday so we'll see though we got a we got plenty of time here before training camp and preseason start and we're we're both really looking forward for the regular season hopefully another successful win one and then a trip to the playoffs maybe the finals i yeah. I'll take it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys again soon. Go Suns.